Okay. We did Oizvav, started Oizayan yesterday. You know, Oizayan, Oizvav the Rabbi taught us about the fact that Matan Torah affected the Nisana Torah, the Makableya Torah, and the Torah itself. The Abishter and the effect. The effect on the Abishter was that Atzmus is now imbued in the Torah. Makableya Torah, that we now became, so to speak, the Bailim of the Torah. We were given Ba'alut. And the Torah itself, so the Rebbe explained at length that the Torah, because the Torah is now Mitzavah, the Torah now created a whole new reality in the world, because when the Torah gives these mitzvahs, it gives the mitzvahs not in the imperative form, right, say, right, but say you will go out, right? You can, there's two ways you can, you can give a command in Lashna Kodesh. Tsei Mipo, go out from here, or Tetsei Mipo. So what's the difference? Well, I mean, there is no difference relative to the fact that I mean what I mean, right? But the word Tetsei ultimately has two meanings. It means go out, you will go out. Well, let, let's put it in terms of the imperative. You must go out. Or it can also mean you will go out, meaning it's telling me what's going to happen in the future. Right? So the Rebbe explains that mitzvahs are also given in that Lushen. So loy titzach means you must not murder. It also means you will not murder. In other words, the Rebbe explained, based on the Alter Rebbe, that a whole new Metzius was brought into the world by virtue of the fact that that command was given to the world. So now murder becomes something unnatural. Again, I, sociologically, I, I don't know whether, you know, if you were to look at the world, you could say, oh, isn't that amazing? Because right after Matan Torah, all of a sudden, all the tribes started making laws about against murder, etc. I have no clue what went on before and what went on after. We live in a world, it's true, that there's always a law in the books that you can't murder. Whether or not anybody keeps those laws is a different issue. But the Rebbe did say something really quite amazing. That means that after Matan Torah, Bechir Chavshis is something new. Bechir Chavshis is, am I going to act in accordance with the new nature, or am I going to act in a way that is unnatural? Negative Tevah, which is really an astounding thing to say. I've never said that in the name of the Alter Rebbe. Based on what the Alter Rebbe says regarding, regarding the Torah. Okay, so that was, that was Vav. In Zion, the Rebbe brings the, the Pasek, and that Medrash, the Medrash on the, the Medrash in Shir Shirim, on that Pasek tells us that the, the, and this is where we get this idea, and it's brought in the Chassidus all over, but the idea of the mitzvahs of the Abbas being Reiches, Reiches Nihu, they were smell. Whereas our mitzvahs are like taking the Shemen and pouring it from one Kli to another Kli. Well, that's what we're saying. What's happening at Matan Torah? So the Rebbe's going to explain that all three different levels of what we just explained relative to the effect on, a, on the, the Neusen Torah, Kaddish Baruch, the effect on the Makabliya Torah, Am Yisrael, and the effect on the world itself, the Torah and the world itself, um, uh, that's all expressed in this Medrash and in this Pasuk. Right? And at the beginning, the Rebbe explained that in that first paragraph, which is what we saw, the difference between reach and shemen. Reach isn't the thing itself. It's the spashtus of the thing. It's the expression of the thing. It's not the thing itself. 
Right? That's why levushim are called a reach. Right? Why? Because they're not the thing itself, they're the expression of the thing. Maisa isn't the nefesh, it's the expression of the nefesh. Yerichai, Yishlach Yoshua, etc. Okay? So, um, Shemen, Shemen is the thing itself. So what's that? That means that simply, what does that mean? If Shemen is the thing itself, then that's Etzim. It's the thing itself. Whereas Reach is only a revelation of the thing. Oh, before Matan Torah, what was there? Gilui. After Matan Torah, what is there? Etzim. That's a simple shot in the Medrash. Right? Mamish, you know, I said it yesterday, but we'll say it again and it will be said more than once. This mimer is pushed a, a, a show and tell of the mimer we just finished. Gale naiva bita niflois mitarasecha, the Rebbe says in Indian and Chassidus, and then shows us a medrash that says exactly the same thing. And once you learn the Chassidus, you read the medrash, you go, my goodness gracious, it's mamish the Chassidus we just learned, right? In Nigli, you'll see the Panemius. So the, the, the mitzvahs of the Avis were Reiches, and the mitzvahs that we do are the Shemen. So that was the first thing the Rebbe said. So now, let's just start. I know we read it, but we'll, we'll read it again. The last two lines of page Reish Ayin Vav, okay, the beginning of Zion. We finished that paragraph, but we're going to see just the, the end of it again. Da'atara k'meshi mitzad atzma. The Tara as it is, Mitzat itself. Which is the Chochmah of the Ebeshter, and this is the first time we saw that explicitly. is only an illumination. It's a Gilui. Chochmah is a Gilui. Chochmah isn't the thing itself. Chochmah is a Gilui of the thing. This thing has this, this power called Chochmah. Not that it is Chochmah. Now, relative to the Ebeshter, so ultimately, since the Ebrister is Echad, so, so and, and this is actually the muscle that the Rambam brings when the Rambam explains the unity of the Ebrister. The, the so the Rambam says the word, the Yodeya, the Yodua, but Hu Vachachmosei Echad. He and his wisdom are one. It's not that the Ebrister, we don't, I mean, we talk about it as if we're dividing the Ebrister up into pieces. The Ebrister is Echad. Echad muchlat, not like you and I are echad. You and I are echad, but we're, a, we're what's called a composite being. We're made up of all sorts of things, millions and millions and millions, hundreds of millions of different things, and we're all and, and all those things are held together in this package, and that package is called one human being. Okay, that's true, but in no way, shape, or form is that human being one. That human being is millions, zillion, the hundreds of millions of things. How many cells? Have hundreds of millions of cells. No? It's just no end to how many things we are, all held together by saran wrap called skin, right? Imagine if you just all blob all over the place if it weren't for that skin, Baruch Hashem. It's not exactly how it works, but okay. All right? Okay. So the Ebsht is Echod Poshut. He's in a state of absolute achtut. That being said, in order for us to understand anything, we still have to talk about different aspects of godly reality as if they are different one from the other. Now, they are different in terms of their revealed state, so we also talk about the fact that there's two different levels of the Ebrister, so to speak. Meaning really three, but two basic. Gilui and Etzim. Now, Gilui has two different levels because there's Gilui, there's Gilui itself, or, and then there's Gilui mitzad the other. Right, which is interesting enough, generally helam, concealment of the or, to allow for the apparent existence of the other. Right, that's called mamale. Right? 
So there's godly light there, and the thing exists only by virtue of the godly light, but the godly light is concealed in the Kli, and so what we're aware of is the existence of the Kli. Some Kalim allow the light to shine through, they're called Malachim. Some Kalim don't allow the light to shine through, they're called elephants, right? And other such things, right? Okay, say that. But they're all the same. There's no difference between them. They're just godly light clothed in something, allowing that godly light to express itself in a seemingly separate way. Right? Okay, that's Mamale. And there's Sebe, which is just Gilui. And then there's Etzim. So what happened at the time of Matantara? Etzim. So what's Chokma? It's only Ha'ara. The true expression of the fact that the Torah and the Ebrister Mamish won, Nasiv and That was really brought about in Matantar. Sha'az Nimshach Ba'atzmus. Then Ma'atzmus brought in. The Rebbe's going to explain this. Why Chokhm isn't enough? So to regarding Mitzvah, Shiva Ba'atzmus, Nimshach Ba'atzmus. Okay? That's the beginning of Zion. Now we learned that in Vav. But now that I was explaining it based on this Maimur, Maimur Chazal. Okay. There's another difference between the smell of the Shemin and the Shemin itself, which in the, that's the Moshal, in the Nimshal, that's between Gilvi and Atzmus. Shal by virtue of the fact that you smell the smell of the Shemin, we talked about this yesterday, but there's, there's going to be two levels of this. Nothing is lacking from the Shemin itself. There was a liter of Shemin in the bowl when you poured it in the bowl. You, and the, lem, the, 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 the Shemin is now making a very f- nice fragrance in the room. There's still a liter of Shemin in the bowl. Now, there's a certain level of, I mean, Shemin doesn't evaporate very quickly, but I mean, if you left it there forever, at some point, it would just dry up and not be there, okay. So, but it, it, you understand what the Rebbe's saying, right? The fact it's in the room, so okay, it's still in the room. Nothing happened. That's very, very different than if someone took the Shemin, took a cup of the Shemin, and poured in a little vinegar, and some salt, and some basil, and, uh, and some, some uh, what else do you want in there? A little paprika and some maybe maybe even a little uh, the, the balsam uh, vinegary balls you know so that, and and they shook it up and poured it on the salad so now there's a cup less shemen in that bowl because I took the shemen itself I didn't take the reich of the shemen I took the shemen so it's missing okay so that's going to happen when we pour then the medrash says we pour the shemen from kli to kli so the aves didn't pour the shemen from kli to kli the aves so to speak smelled the shemen. Right, their mitzvahs were like smelling the shemen, whereas our mitzvahs are pouring the shemen from kli to kli. That means the shemen goes from one place to another place. That's what Chazal said yesterday. We saw that. Right. When you take some of the shemen itself, it's lacking. In the place that it was first. Shemen turak It's now, now here, the, again, if you were to look up the word turak in, a, in English, tanach, which I did just to see what they do. They basically just said nice, she- good shemen, something like that. But the word turak in the medrash means, comes from the word rake, to empty, right? So shemen turak is oil that's being emptied, right? Ka'adam shemurik mikli 
like someone emptying it from vessel to vessel. That's the mushal in the Pasuk about the difference between mitzvahs at the time of the Avis and mitzvahs at our time. Ubanim shalhu, in the analog, what is that? Shayadei nasina satera lamata. By virtue of giving the Torah below. Nital, it was taken, so to speak. The Torah was taken out. It's interesting, if you look in the footnote, that was the last mimer the Rebbe said to us. Right now, it's it's barely a mimer. I mean, it's a mimer that turns into a sicha. Right, and the Rebbe said it standing up at the shtender. It wasn't a forbringing. It was just it was erev shvuas tafshin memtes. And the Rebbe was saying over a sicha after mincha nidmeli. It wasn't like mamish erev that Mincha was a marv. I remember. So the Rebbe was standing at the shtender the end of the bima, and uh, started singing a mimer. And it's actually very interesting, that's a unique opportunity, since there, there's a camera on one, I mean, there's on, on a number of poles, but there's a particular camera that runs 24-7, 24-6, is uh, on a pole in 770. And and if I don't know whether there still is, I assume there still is, there used to be something called 770 Live, you could just go online and you just still around? Yeah. yeah. So you just see what's going on in 770, right? It's just, you know, the camera's always going. You see your Bakrim floating around, or, you know, if it's during Seder, a bunch of Bakrim sitting and learning. If it's 2.30 in the morning, so you see, you know, Bakrim floating around, and, you know, just being Bakrim. So um, that camera was, was, uh, was on, pointing at the Rebbe, because the Rebbe was speaking. And it's very interesting because, now this was before the days of 770 Live, but that camera was still there. So they would turn on the camera if the Rebbe would speak, and they aimed the camera at the Rebbe Stender. So you can see, after the Rebbe finishes speaking, because of the angle of the camera, you can see the Rebbe taking the handkerchief off his hand. We never saw that, because it always happened below the table. We would do it below the table, but there was no table. It was just a Stender. So you can see the Rebbe taking the handkerchief off his hand after the mimer. Now the mimer is a mimer, it's a nechevel, a kecha, that turns into a sicha. And you can listen, and you, if you ever want to know the difference between the nigan of a mimer and the nigan of a sicha, so that just go online and look at the video of the mimer, a nechevel, a kecha, and you see as it transitions into a sicha. It starts a mimer, it transitions, but that, that was the last mimer that the Rebbe said to us. Right, until the next one we hear, which would be Tekafumiyad. Now that that mimer is um, is printed, as you can see, and say for my mimer look at Gimel, because those are that's Tavshin Memtes. But it isn't a mimer that the Rebbe was Magia that the Rebbe edited in Tavshin Memtes, which are all the other mimer in the book, except one called Matzazu, which also the Rebbe said before Pesach. That's just a regular mimer. Um, but it's a, it's a moment the Rebbe actually said that year. The Rebbe only said two Maimarim that year. That was it. After the passing of the Rebbetzin, the Rebbe basically stopped saying Maimarim. Why? Don't know. And the same thing happened at the Tzemach Except the Tzemach the Chassidim begged him to start saying Maimarim again, and he did. He said, all my making of God. So it was all coming from the Rebbetzin. That's what the Tzemach said. Right. So, um, but there, there, the, the Hasidim implored the Tzemach said to consider to continue Yechidus and Maimarim, etc. So he did. Interesting enough, they had the same names, right? Hmm. 
The Tzemach Tzedek had same name as the Rebbe, well, the Rebbe was named after the Tzemach Tzedek, and the Rebbe was named after the Tzemach Tzedek's wife. Uba Nimshalhu, in the Nimshal it is, Sha'al Yedei Nesina Seter Lamata, Nital Miel Yenim, it's taken. Now, the, the, this footnote says that you can see that in that mimer there. Miel Yenim HaKoyach Lif Seik Din, what was emptied out? A Torah loy b'shemayimhi. Famous line in that Gemara. Torah loy b'shemayimhi. Shemayim doesn't decide Torah anymore. Now, now it's very, very interesting, right? This whole idea, right? Torah defines Matthias. Now, we said that earlier, okay? But that that's... That's a chiddush in the Alter Rebbe relative to like Sirtzach and like Signov, etc. That's definitely a chiddush. But that idea is not a chiddush in any way, shape, or form. Now, we've talked about this before. Torah defines Metzias and not the other way around. It's not that Torah responds to reality. Torah defines reality. I mean, what's, there's something called dam, and you're not allowed to eat it. Well, what's called dam? Dam is something that's come out from the arteries or the veins. Okay, what if it's still in there? It's not called dumb. What if it's still in the meat? It's not called dumb. That dumb's mutter. That's why you're allowed to eat liver. You have to get out as much as you can. What about the stuff that stayed in? It's not called dumb. What about the stuff that went out and then went back in? Now when it just went back in, it trafed up completely because it came out. That's why you can't cook liver in a frying pan until you've you know, roasted it. Mm. Right, because you have to make sure that nothing's going to come out of it. So you roast, you, you know, you, you salt it, pesade, but that doesn't. Really, there's so much blood in there. Then you roast it, and whatever blood is going to drip out drips out in the pan below. Of course, is as trafe as can be, and uh, and and now there's nothing. No more blood is going to come out of the liver because it's cooked. So then you can take it and cook it up with onions and chop it up and turn it into chopped liver. Right? But you can't take raw liver and cook it in the frying pan because the blood is going to come out and go back in, trafe up the pan, and trafe up the liver. Right? So to milk. What's considered milk and meat? Well, milk is only considered milk if it came out of the udder. It's still in the udder, it's not called milk. <coughs> well, I understand, if the scientists were to be able to somehow do an experiment with the milk in the udder, it'd still be the same milk, right? Nothing happens, it's still the same. Blood is actually, blood only turns red when it comes out, right? When it's in there, it's blue. We're all blue bloods, aren't we? Right, but it's only red because it now acts with oxygen. Okay, so blood actually changes. Milk, milk's milk, right? The milk in the udder is the same as the milk out of the udder. No, well, no, it isn't, because the milk out of the udder can't be mixed with meat. The milk in the udder can. Now, it's the same problem with the blood in the, in the, in the liver. You can't cook it because it's going to come out and go back in. But if you can figure out a way to get as much milk as you can out of the udder and then do what you do to the udder, what, do the same thing that you do to the liver to the udder, which is roast it, so anything that comes out of it is going to go down and not touch it, so then you can eat udder. There's a whole simon in Shulchan Aruch, simon sadi in your day is all about how to eat an udder. It's not called milk. Right. We learned it in, in uh, Hilchas, Hilchas Sukkis, in Elul. We were learning uh, way, way back in Gemara. When we were learning, learning uh, the Hilchas Lulav, a Lulav of, of uh, Irini Dachas. is Apostle Lulav. Why? Rashi and Chumash, Nigla. What does Rashi say? That since it's Chayev to be burnt, it's Kesaruf Domi. But ain't Shir. 
since it's, yeah, what do you have to do? You have to destroy this. Therefore, it, it has no measure. A lulav has to be four tefachim long. Well, it's not four tefachim long. What do you mean it's not four tefachim long? I'm holding on to it. It's four feet long. It's huge. No. Why? Because the Torah says it has to be destroyed, so it's destroyed. It doesn't exist. It has no shi'ur. So Rashi says, and Gemara and Sukkah. So what we learned here is expressed in, in reality. It just, we don't see it. it you know, the, the Rebbe answers the question relative to human behavior. But reality? So if you have better eyes, so then you, you know, I mean, the, 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 I always like telling the story when we learn that Gemara, that there was once a bocher that the Rebbe told to go back to Eretz Yisrael. And he didn't go. Hadn't gone yet. Let's be done with Chavzchus. He hadn't yet gone. And they made a minion outside the Rebbe's room so the Rebbe could listen to Kriya So they opened the door. There's a minion outside, and they're laning. So Rabbi Chadukov is in charge, and he's counting. He says, there's only nine people here. So everybody else is counting. There's ten. Rabbi Chadukov said, no, there's only nine. And he says, there's ten. So they, they show Rabbi, look, don't, don't, don't. So they get to one of the bakr, and Rabbi Chadukov said, no, he's not here. The Rabbi told him to go to HSL. There's no one see us here. And he would not count him in the minion. The rabbi said he has to go to Israel. He's not here. Ah, he's standing here, but he's not here. There's no Matthias here. <laughs> he was a Jewish guy, Rabbi got a call. He was a soldier. Oh. <laughs> wow. Now, no one else knew <laughs> that the rabbi had told him to go to Israel. Right, Rabbi Chadukah was the one that told him that the Rebbe told you to go to Eretz Yisrael, right? That's how the message got out. So no one else knew that. Now, they wouldn't have come to that conclusion anyway. Maybe they would have said, we can't count him in a minion because he's, uh, he's treif, right? Maybe they're so spitz. But that's, no. That's not what Rabbi Chadukah said. He's not here. It's just... You ever seen pictures of Rebbe Chadakov? You ever see a picture of Rebbe Chadakov? Oh, yeah. Okay, look up pictures of Rebbe Chadakov. You look at me, you think you hear that story, he's going to be this wild-eyed guy with, you know. He's a yeke. He's this, you know, German guy, always kept that accent. He didn't daven with an oi, he daven with an au. Elokeinu melech ha'olam. Is that from Canada? Rebbe Chadakov, it's from German. It sounds like a Canada kind of no, 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 that's the German, that's how, he, they, they, you know, the real Englishman also will do that. The real Englishman. So the, um, uh, so one, one, he used to get mafter one Shabbos a year. I don't know why not two, but anyway, whatever. He used to get mafter one Shabbos a year, and and, uh, and you'd hear him say the mafter that way, and every, it was like a treat, you know, to hear Rabbi Chadakov say the mafter like you were transported to Germany. But um, that was Rabbi Chadakov. Okay. So the Indian is your Morik. So now it's taken from the upper realms the power to be Pesik Din. Why? There's another difference between Reich and Shemin. The Reich who Heilich Vekole. The Reich goes away. Until there's nothing left. 
וגם הנוער שאדם נהנה מירח. Also the הנוער that a person is נהנה. Benefits from the ריח. שאדם, לאחרי שנפסק הריח, after the ריח has gone away, עברת הנוער. The הנוער has gone away. Look at footnote 58, very fascinating halacha. It's actually today's Rambam. Today's Rambam is the beginning of Hilchus Brachas about Birchus Nene. And the Rambam talks about the three different types of Brachas. One of them is Birchus Areach. You don't make a bracha after smelling. You make a bracha before because you're nana. But you don't make a bracha after. Why? Because you're not nana. Meaning you're nana from the smell, but you don't get any lasting effect from the reach. Whereas if you eat food, you have a lasting effect. You're not hungry. You have energy. The food now becomes part of you, literally. And if you eat too much food, there'll be more of you. And if you don't eat enough food, there'll be less of you. That's how food works. That doesn't work with reyach. Reyach, you smell it, it's nice, but then it goes away and doesn't leave any reyachim. And that, if that, that's expressed la'alacha, such a fascinating alacha. Probably never thought of that, did you? That you don't say brachach after you after you're nan there from reyach. Why not? Because you're not nan there. Meaning you are nan there, but you're not. It's not the, the hana you get from food. Whereas the shaman, adarabah. Mashein kena Michael, which is Shemin. Gam la'achrei shenis ake la'mazin b'meav, even after it's been digested, the, the food in his intestines, nishar b'metzias. It's still in existence. Elishenefach l'dam b'basar, it becomes his blood and his, his flesh. Right, now look for note 59, because the Bible says something about Shemin. B'chlaw, we don't eat Shemin. Well, Rebbe says, She'ev she'loch la'im pas. You can eat shemen with pas. You can put some olive oil on the plate and soak it up. Or you can drink it. You put it in other drinks. As the altar Rebbe says in Seder Birchus Nenin. So actually, Chazal say that shemen is mazik. That eating shemen alone is damaging to a person's health. So the Rebbe points out, a liar to illustrate. That even when one drinks it when it's alone, then it's harmful for a person. How does that goofish and mazik? The very fact that it's harmful. Teaches us that the Michael enters into his panemius and affects him, has a long, long lasting effect. It's a negative long lasting effect, but it's a long lasting effect. That's very different than the smell of the oil. But if you were to eat the oil, drink the oil, so it could harm you. That means that it, that's exactly what the Rebbe wants to point out, that the, it has a, a long-lasting effect. Now, hopefully positive, right? But if not positive, so it can also be negative. Bad smells are just annoying, but they're not, un, they're not unhealthy. Bad food is unhealthy. By virtue of this, the food... It affects a person food. She, I'm sorry. His basic character traits, you could feed Hunes and Michael, will be in line with the character traits of the food he ate. Look at footnote 16, another interesting footnote. The Ramban in his parish on, on, on the Torah in, in Vayikra explains why is it that the Torah answers 
animals that are violent because then you ingest that violent behavior, that violent tuna, that violent energy and become violent. So the Torah keeps us away from those kinds of animals. What do we eat? Cows, sheep, goats. Right? Not exactly the notion of violence. Right? Even a bull. I mean, they're only violent if Aleph they're trained to be, or if there's some reason for it to be violent, so it'll be violent. But it's not, it's not the hunter, it's the hunted. Right? We don't eat hunters, also birds. We don't eat eagles and hawks, things like that. What do we eat? Pigeon, no, we don't eat pigeons, but you can eat pigeons, doves, chickens, turkeys. So that, I mean, you know, tur- most people hold turkey as kosher. The shalav holds that turkey's not kosher. Right. So if you have anybody in your family who comes from the Shalah, so don't feed them turkey. We have a daughter-in-law who comes from the Shalah, so we stopped having turkey in our house just because she comes. So we don't have turkey. Israel is the biggest consumer of turkey per capita in the world. Because um, meat's expensive, and turkey meat I mean, until our son got married, so my wife almost never bought red meat. If she wanted to make meatballs or something, it was always turkey meat. Looks the same, tastes the same in the tomato sauce. Just a lot cheaper. Our kids in England still, every now and then, they take a picture of the turkey leg that they throw in the challenge. You know, they have one of these, they're huge. They say they have one of these turkey legs this big. You know, our son not take a picture of it. That's the challenge this week. Or, you know, chicken leg is, they're huge. You know, you never, I never, when's the last time I saw a real piece of turkey? Because you get it ground up here. Right. Huge. It's pokey. You could, you know, feed a family on the pokey from the turkey. Right. I want the pokey. Yeah, you want the pokey. The pokey's bigger than you. Right. Right. Okay, so the Rebbe is saying these amazing things about the difference between Reach and Shemin, the lasting effect. And that's what the Medrash says, Merik, because it affects the person that touches it. That's the Makabla Torah. It affects the place it came from. That's the Noisin Torah. Right? That the, the level of godliness drawn down through the performance of mitzvahs. It wasn't established in the world completely in the inner reality of the world. And we'll have to, of course, look at footnote 61 and see what the Rebbe says there, but first let's finish. And that kolchken is something that's been, it's been a thread throughout the Mimer. Through learning Torah and, and, and uh, after Matan Torah, and, and all the more so through the performance of mitzvahs after Matan Torah. The world changed. We're going to see that in the Torah and Ches, but let's just see footnote 61. It's not that the Avis had no effect whatsoever in the world. Of course they had an effect on the world. 
but it was a limited effect, nothing compared to the effect that you and I can have in Matantar, as after Matantar. Shebehem nasu ha-mitzvahs gam la-achrekimah mitzvahs. Right, that there was a certain effect on the world. It's just that the, the, the object became a, a, a matter of fact, the object did not become a chef show mitzvah, but it still affected the world positively. Why, how do I know this, the Rebbe says? Not because it's intuitive, but because Chazal say, that the deeds of the Abbas are assigned to the children. So now that in simple, you know, the most external, simple, I wouldn't say superficial, but simple shot in that is that the deeds of the fathers are signs to the children when you look and see how they act and see that that's proper action. Okay, so that's certainly true. But the panemius of it is, Maisa Avis Simen Labanim, that the Maisa of the Avis is what gives Kayach to the Banim to do those same things. Right? So the Ramban explains Maisa Avis Simen Labanim relative to history. Right? What Sefer Bereshi is called? Sefer Bereshi is called Sefer Yitzira by Chazal, the book of creation. And Sefer Shmais is called Sefer Gu'ula. Vayik was called Taras Kohanim. Bamidbar is called Sefer Pekudim, the book of countings. The English names are actually the translation of the name the Chazal gave to the book. Genesis, Exodus, Sefer Gula, Taras Kohanim, Leviticus, Pekudim, Numbers, Mishnah Torah, Deuteronomy, the repetition, Du, Dos, Du. It's really closer in French than the Spanish, but the same root, right? Du, Deuteronomy, the repetition of it, saying it le deuxième fois, second time. So, so, uh, the Ramban asks, why is, why is Bereshis called Sefer Yetzirah? Creation of the world takes up the first chapter and a half, and then there's another 50 chapters of stories that have nothing to do with the creation of the world. So the Rambans, Peirish, throughout Sefer Bereshis, explains how every action that happens to the others is a simon labanim, and what's being created in Sefer Bereshis, the history of the Jewish people is being created. Simplest expression, the others went out of Eretz Yisrael three times in Bereshis. Avram went... To Mitzrayim and then came back. Yaakov went. Uh, Yaakov went to. Uh, Yaakov. Uh, Avram went to Mitzrayim and came back. Then Yaakov went. Ah, sorry. Yaakov went to Lavan and came back. And then Yaakov goes to Mitzrayim. And that's long. That's a long one. And he doesn't come back right away. I mean, Yaakov does at the end, but we don't. Okay, so now, interestingly enough, Ramban points out, and this Hakdomer to Sefer Shemais, he points this out, that at the beginning, Sefer Shemais talks about the Yidin going down to Mitzrayim. But I just talked about that in Parshas Vigar, said exactly the same thing, and it gives the names of exactly the same people. So why are we told it again? Oh, because what, in Bereshis, what's happening? The history of the Jewish people is being created. In Shmeis, the history of the Jewish people is being, is happening. So the first time that, that, let's go to Yaakov, let's go to the last one. The first time Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim. So that's creating history, because Yaakov went. The second time is the Jews living history, because Avram went. 
So how many times did we go into Golis as a people? So again, Avram went to Mitzrayim and came back relatively soon. Yaakov went to Lovan and came back relatively soon. You know, it took a while, to, you know, 20 plus years, but relatively soon. Yaakov went to Mitzrayim, and that's serious gullus, and then the whole world changes when he comes out and gets Torah, etc. the whole, everything's completely different. Okay, Avram goes to Mitzrayim, that's Am Yisrael going to Mitzrayim, the first time. Right. Yaakov goes to Babel, that's Am Yisrael going to Babel after the destruction of the first temple. Right. Go to Babel, come back, relatively soon. Right. Yaakov goes to Mitzrayim, that's the long one. That's the one we're in now. What happens after that one? The whole world changes. That's Mashiach. So the history of the Jewish people is written in Sefer Bereshis. That's how the word, look, learn the Ramban, and you notice we've quoted the Ramban a lot lately in this mind of the Rebbe. Learn the Ramban on the Chumash, you'll have a good time. So all this stuff out there that's, you know, better than spider solitaire. <laughs> The only problem is you can't learn it in the bathroom, which is where we get a lot done. That's so, right. you know, but nothing of any importance. That's the problem. Rabbi, uh, I, I think uh, we say that uh, this idea of the deeds of fathers are signed for the descendants of children. We also think that, of like, for example, the Elder Rebbe, when we did that minor, we said, uh, I only really want you with the... Thank you yes. The right, so that's the third level, which is what the Rebbe is saying here. That there's the Nesinus Kayach to the children. Okay. The Panemius of the Panemius. The history is Panemius, but it's still Hitzernius. just talking about what's happening in the world. The Panemius, Shiba Panemius, and myself is is that the others give us the Kayach to do what they did. We talked about that earlier. That's why, that's why Abba Mavina waited to be commanded to do this mila, that we should have the ability to change Gashmias by virtue of being commanded to do something and then do it. So Abba Mavina wanted to do one mitzvah like we do. Like we do mitzvahs. We do it because the Abishta told us to. Oh, so Abba Mavina wanted to do one mitzvah that way to give us the kayak to do that. Okay, so yes, there's also the Avis of Chassidus. But the Gadol, it's Abba Mitzvah and Yaakov give us this kayak. So that's my Sevasim and Labanim in Panemius. So that's what the Rabbi says here. So certainly that can't be that in no way, shape, or form did the others bring about any positive reality in Elam Hazer by virtue of their positive behavior in Elam Hazer. Because otherwise, if they didn't, so how do we have the ability to do it? Because our Kayach comes from them. My Sevasim and Labanim. That's what the Rabbi says here. The cave into myself is similar banim and a sinus kayach labanim, and it's an empowerment of the children. Therefore, the, the Rebbe's working backwards. It's not that intuitively they must have because they were holy. No, no, no. Myself is similar banim. That's what it says in the Torah. Therefore, and that means that they're giving us kayach. Therefore, it must be that when they did mitzvahs, they also somehow brought about some subtle change in Eilam Nothing compared to what you and I can do, but something. It's necessary. Why? Because we say myself is similar to him, and that's true. Therefore, it's hechrech sheyeh behem dugma. There has to be some example I'll call upon him, at least. La mitzvah shalach reimatan terah. Ela bat shapula lo nikva'ab dvarim behem nasu a mitzvah b'pnimi yusam. That's what the Rebbe said in the Mimer. But the, this action that they did wasn't established in the pnimius of the object they did the mitzvah with. 
Was there a general positive effect on the world? Absolutely. Of course, there's a general positive effect on the world. The office did change the world, did change the way people thought about things, etc., etc. Okay. There's no question. That being said, they weren't able to take a piece of Gashmias and elevate it to a state of Elokuz. That's when it's Nikva'ab you say that it's like Shemen. Was there a certain Hanor? Yes, that's Reach. There was a Hanor, but it wasn't, la- it wasn't long-lasting. Like Shemen. Right? Smell as opposed to eating it. Okay? So that's why it's called Reichus. Okay, let's go further. V'yeshleim. We're near the end. There's one more page. V'yeshleimer. The Begimel in Yonim Hanal. In these three things that we mentioned earlier, in Ois Vav, Shinishad Shuba Matan Torah, that were brought about at Matan Torah. Ha'chidish ha'ikarihu. What's the single most important thing? Anytime you have a, a, a different things happening, so there's two ways you can look at it. There are three separate things that happen to be happening at the same time, so to speak. Or, no, there's a nekuda penimis that's happening. There's one thing that's happening, and, and all of these things are an expression of that one thing. The mushal that's brought by Mishpim to explain this, someone goes to the doctor, and he has three different aches and pains, three different issues in his life, right? So what are those three issues? So a bad doctor will say, here, take this for your knee and this for your back and this for your shoulder. And a good doctor will say, there must be some, I mean, look, if the guy's a football player, so I understand he got smashed three different times. Okay, they're fine. That's, that's reasonable, right? But maybe there's something more general going on here that is causing these three expressions of one thing and maybe we should look into that because that's probably a little more important than just giving you a painkiller for this one and a, and a, you know a, what a muscle relaxant for this one and a, whatever else I'm going to give you for this one. Okay, right? Say the right. Okay. So there is one. There is one point of the three points that's the nakudi karis. It's the single most important point. And that's going to be, and I think if I, you know, if I were to ask you to guess, you would probably guess this, but I'm not going to ask you to guess, right? Because we don't guess about Torah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, mean, I think it's the educated guess, is that's going to be the Atzmus in Torah. And that's going to be the source of everything else happening. Okay, so that's what the Rebbe's going to say. The Gimel in Yoni Menashe Yishachu B'mat in Torah, Chiddush Ikari Hu, that Matantara is the drawing down of Atmos into Torah. And through this, so then there's some novel reality in Torah itself, the Torah after Matantara as opposed to the Torah before Matantara. And in the Makabla Torah, Yidden after Matantara as opposed to Yidden before Matantara. Now the Rebbe starts with the, of the now when we listed those three things originally, it was the Nisan Torah, the Makabli Torah, and the Torah. Right? The Torah was the third thing. Here, the Rebbe is going to explain the Torah first, mm-hmm. meaning of the two. We're now really only talking about two things, right? The first level was Atzmus in Torah, 
That's the effect on the Abishta. Okay, so that's what we're saying is the Iker. So now that is ultimately responsible for the next two. So you think you'd first talk about Yisrael and then you talk about the Torah because that's, that's how they were listed first. Now, first of all, I was going to talk about Torah. Just, you know, noticing that. The Torah Mitzad Atzma. Kevin Shibayin Arach Ligamre Lailam. Rebbe says an amazing thing here. Since the Torah is immeasurably greater than the world, it has nothing to do with the world. We'll bring a marshal about that. We'll explain that in a minute. Ein shinui. There's no change, but the varm shabaylam, things in the world, aliyadei dinei hatara, by virtue of the laws of the Torah. Even though, of course, we said that that's not true after matan Torah. But before Matan Torah, the world is the way the world is, regardless of whether the Torah says that's, whether that's the din in the Torah or not. After Matan Torah, that we said earlier, that that's what the Chiddush we saw yesterday and the day before, that the world changes. Okay, but let's see. Valderach Seb Mitzvahs. So two mitzvahs. We'll bring a marshal in a minute. Let's, let's first just read the next three lines. Vakayach. The power, the power that exists in Torah and Mitzvahs, that was given at the time of Matan Torah, which is Atzvahs, to bring about the change in the world that we've been talking about. What is that? That's because because at the time of Matan Torah, Atzvahs was drawn into the Mitzvahs into the Torah and the mitzvahs, hmm. as we've been saying in the Maimur. And by virtue of this, the Torah has the ability to affect reality in the world, that's immeasurably greater. So the marshal brought to explain this is as follows, and it's an amazing marshal. I didn't make it up. Um, until Matan Torah, we learned this yesterday, and we saw it again today. How would you describe Torah before Matan Torah? Rabbi told us. We said it a number of times, but then we finally saw it in the Mimer, the beginning, we saw it first time yesterday, and we reread it this today, at the beginning of today's class. Well, it really didn't have an effect on it. But how would you describe it? That's what it isn't doing. But what is it? Okay, if it's a gilui, which particular gilui? Okay, yes, that's the marshal. Chachmasa is better. It's the chachma of the Ebersh, right? That's what we said, last line. Right, Kameshi Mitzad Atzma, Chachmosay Shal Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Right, that Pesh Reish Ayin Vav. I kept emphasizing that. I'm glad I did. Right, okay. Chachmosay Shal Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And then what? Then Atzmus. After Matan Torah, it's Atzmus. No, it's still Chachman Ritzain, of course, but it's more. It's Atzmus. Okay, so there's an amazing Moshe. Chokhmah is a level of reality, and that means the Torah is a level of reality, mitzad the Chokhmah Shabbat Torah, that's completely transcendent of the world and can't affect the world. That's what the Rebbe just said. That it'll only have an effect on the world, the effect it has on the world after Matan Torah, because of the Atzmus Shabbat. Because Atzmus is Bekol Mokim. What's the Rebbe mean? He means as follows. 
you're sitting on a chair. You want to have a desk in front of you, you can have a desk in front of you also. But you're probably outside, because we're going to talk about a rock. There's a rock next to you. Alpi Seichel. You've come to the conclusion, perfectly reasonable conclusion, that that rock belongs somewhere else. That rock doesn't belong. It really should be somewhere else. Is that pale in the rock? Is that true? Yes. It's true. Is that pale in the rock? Does it affect the rock? No. Because what's a rock got to do with Chochmah? Chochmah is Chochmah. And that's daimi. It's just an inanimate object. So if you want to move the rock, what do you have to do? If you want to affect the rock, what do you have to do? You want to move that rock, what do you do? You never move the rock, what do you do? Get up. Pick it up. With what? Daimim. You have to use daimim to move daimim. You can't move daimim with seichel. Seichel and daimim have nothing to do with each other. They're two completely different worlds. So I'm sitting there with the intellectual understanding this rock has to move. That doesn't move the rock. What moves the rock? I take my hands, the power of touch, and I pick up the rock. I can't pick up the rock, it's too heavy. So I pick up a shovel, and I dig under the rock, or I get into a tractor, and I dig under the, whatever I do, but I move the rock. But daimim, I take daimim and move daimim, because what can affect daimim? Daimim! <laughs> That's the only thing that can affect daimim, right? Intellect won't affect it. Intellect might affect what I do so that then I'll decide that I'm going to use my powers of daimim to move the rock. The Seder, but Seichel doesn't move the rock. Why? Because Seichel's one world and daimim's another world. They're, they're never the twain shall meet. They have nothing to do with each other. Why? Because Seichel's up here and daimim's down here. Where's Atmos? Everywhere. We said earlier, it's bleed gather. Has no gather. Not only is it bleed gvul, it's bleed gather. Has no definition. So there's nothing that limits its expression in any way, shape, or form. So, so to speak, could Atzmus move the rock? Because Atzmus could express itself in Daimim and move the rock. I mean, what's the problem? As a matter of fact, when you move the rock, what's moving the rock? The absolute, I mean, you think about it just in simple shot. Your essential existence is being expressed in the action of daimim that's moving the rock. That's right. Is your intellect being expressed? No, not anymore. Your intellect decided the rock should be moved, but ultimately this isn't intellect anymore. This is movement. What's movement and expression of? Well, movement is an expression of your essential existence as much as chachma. It's all just... I, just in the simplest shot, not at some just in terms of you. You essentially exist on some level. Okay, fine. So moving a rock and thinking and ideas of both equally you. Oh, so if Atzmus is imbued in the Torah, so now the Torah is no longer Chachmosa Yisbar. It's Atzmusa Yisbar. So what can it do? Change the rock. Now it can affect the rock. Change the rock can bring about a real shinui in the rock so that the rock is now no longer the same rock. Right? The lulav's not the same lulav. The piece of the piece of cow is not the same piece of cow. It used to be used to be a cow and now it's filling. 
That's because the atzmos in the Torah. If it were mitzad the chokma shebatara, so it would be like reyach. It could bring about a temporary change. So you could actually use the tefillin to serve God, but it wouldn't be imbued in the tefillin. It wouldn't affect the tefillin. It would as soon as you stopped using the tefillin. So then the reyach would disappear. The smell would disappear, and there's no long-lasting effect. So you have to make a bracha. Achroina and reyach was just such an amazing idea. Niglin said this all the same again. You know, I'd last time we learned, right? Oh, that's as long as the Torah is only chokma, it can't affect reality. It can't change reality. Why? Because reality is not chokma. Reality is daimim. It's inanimate. So how does chokma affect inanimate objects? Two completely different worlds. I, but the Torah is atzmus. Atzmus is as much imbued in the inanimate as it is in the in the conceptual reality of, of Chochmah. It's all the same. Such an amazing mush. Yeah. Now, I'm going to have to pick it up. But that's Atzmus. <laughs> Picking it up is Atzmus. There's no less atzmus than thinking about it. Let's put it that way. Even though it's true, al pi that the rock should be in a different place. That's true, but that doesn't affect the rock. So the Torah has no effect on the world before it's given at Matan Torah. The Torah of the Avis doesn't affect the world like the Torah after Matan Torah. Because the Torah after, and that's what the Rebbe said in the name of the altar, Rebbe Nois Vav, that the Torah at the time of Matan Torah, so it brings about a complete and total transformation of the whole nature of the world. So now Leisirtzach is part of the nature of the world. Amazing. Yeah? In general, Rot, all contexts, Rotzen is higher than Chachma. Yes. That's why you think about what you want to think about. Which is yeah. depressing. Because <laughs> when you become aware of the fact that you're thinking, you're saying, I don't want to think about that. Well, some part of you does because you just did. Yeah. Go away. How do I change that part of me? Oh, that's very hard, right? Because that's, <laughs> no, because it's subconscious me. That's what's on, right? It's very hard. Or, or whatever, yeah. At least, yes, it's Taku Right. It's the, it's, right, you. Stick with the Rebbe, he'll get to everywhere at some point. It's really quite amazing. Okay, let's go a little further. A little further. So that's the Chiddush of Torah, mitzad the etzim of it. And that's why the Rebbe says it's lifo gamba devarim sheba'elam. And what those things are, sheba'ena be'erech l'tar mitzvahs. Those things aren't commensurate to tar mitzvahs. The rock isn't commensurate to chokhmah or ratzah. But it's all atzmas. Ki atzmas hubekomok. Atzmas everywhere. Atzmus is as much a reality of that rock as it is a reality of the chokhmah of your intellect coming to the conclusion that the rock should move. There's no more or less atzmus in either of those two states of reality. Relative to they themselves in their revealed state, they're two completely different worlds and they have nothing to do with each other. And that's why the chokhmah can't affect the rock. But Mitzah, the atzmus of the Chochmah and the atzmus of the rock, 
It's all the same. It's just astounding. Now, where's the Rebbe taking us? The next step is we're going to see that not only does the Torah affect reality, that you and I, through our learning of Torah, can affect reality. If we're bottled to the Torah when we learn it. Because that's what Torah does. So the the the, the macabre Torah can do what the Torah does. That's what the Rebbe's going to say. Let's go a little further and we'll stop. Is, hmm? is, is this sort of like when, when we say that, that a person learns Torah and, and they're learning Torah exclusively, but then it doesn't have an effect on the world? Because you, I mean, it, learning Torah does have some effect. If they learn Torah bittle, they're the unbelievable effect on the but, world. But, but actually going out and doing that, that's, that's also important. There's definitely things to do, but I mean, the, 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 not, the, the, the Rebbe here is talking about the effect of, there's mitzvahs to do, there's no question. There's mitzvahs to do, and mitzvahs are important, and a person has to go out there and do mitzvahs. But Talmud Torah can affect the world, there's no question. See, this is not anti-Talmud Torah. No, because sometimes that, that because there's such a, a an, ex, uh, an extreme focus on learning Torah, in the Litvisha Welt, so then often people think, well, Chassidus doesn't believe in that. If a person, if a person doesn't, that, that's not that there aren't other good things to do in the world, and if you look around and see what has to be done, you'll see there's so much to do that hopefully you're going to do it, but, but, well, the Rebbe. I asked Rabbi Groner, what does the Rebbe do most of the day? Learn Torah. I was learning Torah most of the day. I was learning Torah for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours every day. I somehow was also answering hundreds and hundreds of letters and, and dealing with running the world and doing whatever. Okay, I've said it, but what, most of the time in the room, what was the Rebbe doing? Learning. <laughs> What's the Rebbe doing? Rebbe finished Shas every year. I made a Siam on Shas every year. I mean, you, you, you learn a yomir, right? And you see what, you know, the Tzemek Sedek made that hachwata about, right, that he was going to... Because the Rebbe Shab with Medrash Rabbah. The Rebbe Shab would learn all of Medrash Rabbah every year and he would, he would borrow from the long parshas and give to the short parshas. In other words, if there wasn't so much in one parsha, so he'd do like a parsha and a half because the next parsha had a lot of Medrash, so he'd do all of the Medrash on that Parsha, and then some on the next Parsha, because the next Parsha was long, and so he'd fit. The Rebbeim were sitting and learning all day long. Why? Because they could. <laughs> that's, that's what they could do, so they did. Ah, were they involved in everything else going on? Yes, it's not that they were sitting and learning in some ivory tower and, and, and completely separate from the rest of the world. No, they were unbelievably intimately involved in every single thing going on. But they still managed to sit and learn most of the day. That's what they were doing most of the time. When the Rambam describes the, the ultimate day for a Jew, so what is it? You should work, work three hours a day and learn Torah nine hours a day. So the Rambam says, what? Yeah, uh, Yesterday? Oh, in one parable. Yeah. Because it's in Hilchus Talmud Okay. Ah, the Rambam's a Litva. 
No, he's no litvak. He's a Jew. That's what Jews do. Jews learn Torah. I. Is that all there is? No. And in all fairness, if you look around the world, you'll say, boy, there's really a lot to do. Like we have to make sure we have to get some stuff done here. But it's also very, very important that the people who get who decide that that's what they're going to do, still their icker desires to just sit down and learn. The, the, the amazing story, Simcha's Torah, right? Rabbi Pekarsky told this story. Rabbi Pekarsky was the Rosh Hashiva in, in 770, right? Ger He's Rosh Hashiva in 770. He's buried here in Yerushalayim. Very special Jew. So he used to spend every Simcha's Torah by the Rebbe. He didn't live in Granites, but he, I think he lived in Burpark. So he used to walk into 770 for Simcha's Torah. So, uh, or stay there, I know. So, um, one year, after the Rebbe was basically mostly visible for, you know, 50 some odd hours from the beginning of Shemini Yetzirah till the end of Simcha's Torah. Like the Rebbe was just around, davening, dancing, right? You know, around for so much time. So he wondered, like, what does the Rebbe do now? After this 50 some odd hours of unbelievable energetic giving. So he walked behind the Rebbe up to Gan Eden Elyon and he went into Gan Eden Tachta and the Rebbe walked into his room and he decided he's going to spy on the Rebbe. So he looked through the keyhole. This is the Rosh Yeshiva of 770, right? He's sitting there looking through the keyhole trying to see what's going on in there. After Simchas Torah, after Kesho Bracha, Right, so Kesho Bracha goes on for two, three, four hours in those days, and you know, later it was five or six. But in, you know, the earlier days, two, three hours after, right, the Rebbe's giving out Kesho Bracha to hundreds and thousands of people. Okay, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds and thousands in those days, thousands and thousands later on. Right, so the Rebbe walked into his office. Rebbe Parsi said he saw this. I mean, the Rebbe's going in and out of view. He's looking through a keyhole, but he could see the Rebbe's desk. The Rebbe went into his office, took off his coat and his hat, reached up on the bookshelf, took down a Masechta, evidently it was Masechta's sukkah. It's not clear, but evidently that's what it was. Said the Rebbe opened it up and you could see the Rebbe. <sighs> Started learning. <sighs> now I'm with the Hirshter. <laughs> After all that, the Rebbe didn't sleep, sukkahs the Rebbe didn't sleep. Right, because the Rebbe wouldn't sleep out of the sukkah, but he wouldn't sleep in the sukkah. Right? <laughs> right? <coughs> wouldn't sleep in a sukkah, but he wouldn't sleep out of the sukkah. He didn't want to be out of the sukkah. He shouldn't sleep out of the sukkah. Right? Okay, he's supposed to sleep in the sukkah. You can't sleep in the sukkah. I can go to sleep in, but keeping the bean, Okay, so the Rebbe just wouldn't sleep on sukkahs. So the Rebbe hadn't slept for eight days. Spent the last two days, nine days. Two days, who knows what was going on. Walked into his room, opened up Talmud Bavli. He said, you could see there was just this. He just started learning. That's what a Jew's about. There's all sorts of stuff we have to do. There's all, there's, there's all this other stuff. There's all sorts of stuff. And, and, and Shlichus, 
shlichus is, is a, you know, is a 24-7 job, and how much time is the guy going to have to do his own learning? Who knows? But what does he have? What's part of his, what is absolutely, completely, and totally necessary? To find his time, just like a balabas who goes to work every day, so do the shliach, who goes to work every day and is busy taking care of other people and doing amazing stuff. What does he have to find time to do every single day? Sit down and learn Torah. Because that's what we do. That's who we are. Of course, there's other things. There's all sorts of other things. It, it, right? The Talmud Torah Kulam is true. That doesn't mean that Maisuika, Maisuika is also true. Right? Those are both true statements. You have to be able to live them both. Right? So, yes, there's an emphasis on the Maisa because it's so necessary when you look around and see what's going on. But, but and, and it's a problem, right? It's a problem that there's this sort of zilzul of Talmud Torah. No. So we're sitting and learning Torah if we can. Sometimes we can't. Okay, say that. So. But, I mean, it's like, it's... It, it, what do we learn from the Miraglim? You can learn positive things from everybody. What do the Miraglim want? Sit and learn all day. Learn all day right? I'm gonna go I'm gonna go into Eretz Israel and I stand behind a cow and farm the land. I'm sitting in Yeshiva with my Shurabainu in the midbar. Why in the world would I want to leave my Shurabainu's Yeshiva and go stand behind a cow and farm land? and step in the cow poop, because the cow's gonna poop while I'm standing behind him and I might not notice. And if I don't notice, but say that the plow's gonna stir it up before I notice and whoo, reyach, shoo. Okay, you don't make a brach on that reyach, but it's true it disappears quickly. Baruch Hashem, we learned about reyach, right? I mean, that is what I'm doing. I'm trading Meishu Rabbeinu, I'm sitting learning, to, I mean, Meishu Rabbeinu isn't there all day, right? How much they saw Meishu Rabbeinu in the midbar is not so clear, right? I mean. There were three million people haven't, but he's there, and you're you know he's around somewhere. Right? Okay, so you're sitting learning Torah in the midbar, measures around. If someone if your teacher has a problem, Ekshu, you can get that problem to Mesh Rubenu, Mesh Rubenu explain it, and it'll come back to you and it'll say, Oh well, I sent it there, you know, and I ran into Aaron and Aaron asked Mesh, and this is what he said, and this is shot in what we learned. Wow. Okay. Okay, no, I don't want to do that. I want you to go farm. Oh, come on. So now, they were wrong, right? Big time. Because they just say, go farm. But I get it. <laughs> I get it. And other Rebbe, the Rebbe tells us, appreciate their Yetzirah. What was their Yetzirah? Meaning, what, usually what do we say? Our Kabbalah soul is, have to sit and learn, do mitzvahs, Torah. No! Our Kabbalah soul is we have to go get a job and do all the stupid things you have to do in Eilam Hazza in order to make a living and deal with Eilam Hazza. That's Kabbalah soul. Tara mitzvahs. Oh, Baruch Hashem. I finished with all that nonsense and now I can actually sit down and do what I want to do. <laughs> That's the, the Kabbalah soul is, is Eilam Hazza. Who wants Eilam Hazza? Fat. We've got, we've got Elokos, Bermukhash. I was sitting in Yeshiva the rest of my life. No, you can't do that. Kabbalah soul, you have to go out and do things and make things happen. That's Kabbalah soul. So, and that's what we learned from the Miragli. They didn't have the Kabbalah soul to say, this is what the Abishan wants, that's what I have to do. My Kabbalah soul is to learn Torah. Who wouldn't want to learn Torah? <laughs> I understand. I mean, especially you learn this mimer, like, oh, ah, Atzmus, ah, fat. <laughs> Very fat. Atzmus. Right? 
okay, we have an Evshabamis and we're this physical being. And so, it, you know, we have to sensitize ourselves to get to that place, but where do we want to be? We want to be in a place where Kabbalah's all is going into Elam and dealing with all the idiocy that we have to deal with in Elam And we all have to do that. You have to go into Elam and you have to figure out how to, you know, pay the electric bill and pay the phone bill. And, and, and remember that somehow your credit card ran out and your phone bill just, and then all of a sudden you don't have any Wi-Fi. And you go, okay, what happened? Yeah, they sent me something and I forgot about it. And I got to call them up. And right then, okay, fine. To remember all that stuff. Okay. What would you really like to do? You sit down. Have the manuchas and nefesh to sit down and learn Torah without any hassles. Might it take a while to develop that sensitivity? Yeah, okay. Say that, but that is the sensitivity we want to develop. If I could sit and learn, and I'm not saying I, I'm saying if I, I'm just saying I in general. If I could sit and learn Torah all day long and everything else would take care of itself, psh, amazing. That's just not, you know, there are other things to do. And one of those things in our generation is you look around, you see there's all these Jews who don't know enough, so you have to take care of them. You have to figure out how to get to them. Right? Save them from the darkness they're living in. Are they bad people? They're not bad people. They're fine. They just, no one ever told them. The Yiddish guy was stolen from them. So our job is to somehow try to give it back to the extent that we can. Okay, so that's going to take some time. I mean, to just look around the world and see there's stuff that has to be done. So you have to get try to figure out how to do it. Right? In whatever way it is. But a guy like Yossi Jacobson, what's Yossi doing all day? He's helping a lot of people with all these classes on it. The guy's sitting and learning all day long. He can't be teaching that many classes if he's not sitting and learning the rest of the time, right? He's preparing those classes, right? He's busy all day long. What? Talmud Torah is learning all day. He's not out there putting, you know, I mean, he might go on the time once a week. I don't know. But I mean, he's, he, he, that is, he's not running a Chabad house and bringing, that's not his thing. His thing is he's teaching Torah and it's all online. And I mean, thousands of people are, 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 are benefiting from what he's doing. And what's he doing? He's teaching Torah all day long. So what's he doing when he's not teaching Torah? I don't know. I mean, the, the amount of classes the man gives is just beyond belief. But he, he's also learning Torah the rest of the time, right? Has to be. <laughs> Otherwise, he can't give those classes. And yes, I'm sure that he has some people who are doing some of the research. He says, look, can you do me a favor? You know, look up this, look up this, look up this. Because it, it can't be that he has the time to do it all. It's just astounding what he's putting out. Okay, but... Mm-hmm. Baruch Hashem, he's able to do that because everybody benefits. Yassi Palti, all the same. Asher Farkish, just all these people that are, you know, have become the stars on, in, in these plastic machines of ours. What are they doing all day? They're sitting there all day. Why? And we're all benefiting because now we can. We, we don't. We don't have to live in my in in Muncie to hear Yassi. We don't have to live in Argentina to hear Asher Farkish. We don't have to live in Granite to hear Yassi Palti. Right? They're just there, and you, yeah, you put them in your machine, and uh, and uh, you know. You have yeshiva.org, I'm sure, is there an app? There must be an app, yeshiva.org, if there isn't, okay. So you go on yeshiva.org and you get the Yossi stuff, and you go on Inside Hasidus, there's an app, and you get Yossi Paltiel stuff, and you get, and I, I don't know, I don't know what the, 